Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. We've been on the topic of faith here in recent weeks. And more specifically, the testing of our faith. You know our faith will get tested. Did you know that? I'm sure we all know because we all experience it. You know, we all experience tests and trials, right? Um, We know that our faith will be tested. And we looked at where these tests come from and what their purpose is. And I want to read these portions of Scripture to you here because that we covered in James chapter 1. If you go with me there, read it quickly. Just, it's been... um, just a couple of weeks here that I've shared this. I know you got off lightly last week, but you're going to be here a while tonight. I'm, only just, I'm just joking. Uh, James chapter 1. Uh, we looked at this here in verse 2. Love these verses. My brethren, count it all joy. Joy. When you fall into various trials. You know, well, that's going to take faith. <laughs> Isn't it? How can you be joyful in trials? Faith. By looking at the right thing, by seeing what God's promised us, right? My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. That is the Greek word parasmos, right? Knowing that the testing, that's a different Greek word, dokimion, of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Isn't that good? Who wants to be lacking nothing? Praise God. Well, lean on his faith. Turn over with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. Another similar verse here that we covered and launched off from here a couple of weeks ago. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 6, it says, In this greatly rejoice. There you have it again. Rejoice. Joy. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. So these trials are trials that grieve. They're not good, right? That's the Greek word again, parasmos right? That the genuineness of your faith, that's the Greek word dokimion, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested, dokimion again, by fire, or dokimatso, should I say, it's the verb form of that word, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, right? So this is kind of what we were looking at here, the different types of testing, the source and where they come from. Um, a parasmos is a test, trial, or temptation to cause one to fail or to break. That is, the, that is what it, it's sent for. You know, when we, when we face these tests and trials, it's, it's to break us. It's to get us out of faith, right, and get us into unbelief, to stop us from doing what God's called us to do. It is, it, the purpose is to find a breaking point, to find a weakness that can be exploited. The source of this testing is Satan, our enemy. He wants us to fail in what God's asked us to do. And he will try to find a breaking point. You know, we have an armor. You know, Ephesians chapter 6, we have the armor of God. He tries to find kinks in that armor where he can get... That's why we need to be protective over our armor. We need to make sure it's always on. The Bible says to put it on. And it doesn't say in my Bible to take it off. Does it say in yours? It says we keep it on. Right? We keep it on. But sometimes it can get loose. Parts of it can fall off, right? Or the devil tries to find weaknesses and gaps in our armor, maybe where we've just tucken our eyes off the the ball there, right? And he tries to exploit, right? The dokimion is a test with an implication to approve. 
The goal is to promote or to bless by testing the genuineness of something, right? The Lord wants to promote us. He wants to succeed in what he's called us to do. You know, God wants to fill us with what is genuine. You know, all, and I talked about this, remember, all of the things that God's placed on the inside of us at, at our born-again experience. He's given us everything, right? And he's placed all of this treasure within us. That's genuine. So when we're drawn from that, it will pass every test, right? You know, he's given us his faith, right? When we draw from his faith, his faith doesn't fail, right? His, our faith will fail, but his faith doesn't fail. It never fails, right? It always stands the test of time. It will pass every test. So if we draw and pull from that, from that faith, from his faith, we'll be in a good place, right? He wants to fill us with what is genuine so that we can use every test and trial, every parasmos, everything that the enemy meant for bad, we can use it for our advancement. Amen. We can use it for our promotion. We can use it for our blessing. You know, when we looked at that verse in Romans chapter 8, you know, God turns all things around for our good, right? He can turn all things around for our good, but you're going to have to believe him to do it. Amen. You're going to have to believe him because if the test or trial becomes bigger to you than what the promise in the word says, then that's where it's going to, you're going to be defeated. You're going to, you're, that's where you're going to lose the battle there. But you have to pr believe in the promise more than the, you can't, you know, you can't look at a test and trial and be moved by the magnitude of it. You know, some of them you're like, oh yeah, I can deal with that. And then some of them threaten your life. Some of them, like, are like they're coming to, he's coming to, the, listen, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. He doesn't come to, in any other way but those things, to do anything else but that, right? He's coming to, to get rid of you, right? Because he knows what's on the inside of you. He knows that if you're walking in what God's placed on the inside of you, he's no chance, right? He's no chance. And we don't need to fear him. We need to walk in our authority. We need to walk in what God has given us and, 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 Declare it, speak it, and live, live by faith, right? 1 Corinthians 10, 13, God always provides a way of escape. There's that other word. He, no, no temptation will overcome us. No temptation will come that God has not provided the way of escape. That is the same Greek word, parasmos. That temptation is the same Greek word. It's the temptation to come to break us, to destroy us, but God always provides the way of escape. There's the promise. That's the promise in that, but we have to believe him for it. We have to walk in that way. Through the escape, if we walk into it, you see, the escape might not be what you think it is, right? The escape, you may have, oh Lord, I need you to get me out of this, and you have this idea in your head of how he's going to do it. It may not be exactly the way you've preconceived, or it may not be what you think in your mind, but there's always a way of escape, and who knows, God knows better than we do, right? God knows more than we do, and he knows, he, he, he sees things we don't see, right? There's always an escape. His way is the best way, right? But we have to trust. We, first of all, we need to be able to hear, right? When he's telling us things, where he's directing us. That's why we need to be able to be led by his spirit church. We have to be able to hear from him. You know, we can know his word and, you know, wonderful guidance here. He leads us by his word. And I've been sharing these things on Sunday mornings. But, you know, there's specific guidance that he gives us by his spirit different ways he deals with us in different situations and sometimes you may look back I know I look back and sometimes in some things that he told me to do and I'm like wow I would never have expected him to tell me to do that you know you need to be able to hear from God he will give you the way of escape if we walk into that escape route you have to walk into it right 
people say, oh, well, there was no way of escape from. No, there was. You just didn't see it and you couldn't find it because you weren't tuned in. There's always a way of escape, right? And if we walk into that, it will bring advancement and promotion, right? Because you'll come out of that temptation better than what you were when you went into it. Your faith will be stronger. You'll be closer to God. Amen. You'll have proved, you know, his faithfulness and you'll just be better off, right? So it'll be promotion, promotion. You'll be further on. You'll be advancing closer, right? And you'll be stronger in faith. You know, Satan sends trials to see what he can get, to get away with, to see what he can get away with, right? You might start small, like I said, find the kink. He tries to see if he can break us, but God will turn those around and he will prove the genuineness of his faith that he's given to us. He will prove the genuine, that's what it's saying in 1 Peter there. He will prove the genuine, he wants to prove the genuineness of something. What he's given us, church, is genuine. It will pass the test, right? The Lord wants to promote us on the other side. You know, we need to be operating in faith in order to pass the test. And you know what? The test isn't, it's not really about us. You know, it's not like, who are we? Like, as individuals, like, really, like, who are we? Yes, but Christ in us, right? When we're walking in the call and the destiny that he has, you know, we are a threat to the enemy, right? We're a threat to the enemy. It's not really so much about us. It's about the faith in us. That's what he's after. He wants to get you into doubt. He wants to get you into unbelief. That's where he knows he can, he can beat you, right? We need to stay in faith, right? You know, and this is another thing I, I covered. Tests are not sent to teach us things. You know why we're tested? Because we're in a battlefield, right? We're in a battlefield. We're fighting a battle. You know, Paul said we fight the good fight of faith. You know, it's a fight, right? But it's a fight knowing that we have the victory, knowing who we are in Christ, right? The battle can get hard at times. I've been there, church. You know, the battle, some of these tests and trials, they're, they're difficult, right? The battle can be hard, right? But when you keep your eyes on Jesus, when you keep your eyes on the author and the finisher of your faith, he is the victor. He is the one who gives the victory and he's given it to us. So when you keep your eyes on him, the battle, you'll see, through, you'll see it through. You'll see it through, right? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Um, can you trust God enough to see beyond what is currently happening to you in order to believe in him to work through you, right? You need to trust God enough. You need to be able to trust God to see beyond what's currently happening to you, to see, yes, I'm in a test right now. Yes, I'm going through a trial right now, but I'm going to look beyond that because I know what God can do in me and through me in the midst of this. And I have the faith and the trust in him to get me through it and I'll be stronger and I'll be better than I was when I, came, when I went into it, right? That's where we need to be. You have to believe, right? We finished up the last time looking in the word of God at some examples of faith being tested, right? And, you know, there's so much on this, right? You know, um, I, but what I picked out was that, you know, seed time and harvest, right? The promise is the seed, then there's a period of time and then the harvest is the fulfillment of the promise. Sometimes that period of time is, is lengthy, right? It can be, you know, the time period, that time is where we can lose, the, where we can fail the test. That's the place where we can give up and give in, right? We don't need to be there. We can, we, don't grow weary, just like the Lord has telling us there. Don't grow weary. Keep going. Keep pressing forward. Keep believing, 
right? Um, we looked at Abraham. He was a perfect example here that we looked at. Abraham was given a promise from God, but it was years later when he seen that promise fulfilled. God spoke to Abraham, told him to leave the land in which he dwelt, to go to a faraway land. And, and you know, he said he was going to be the father of many nations. He promised him, you know, this, and he hadn't even got a child, physical child. How could he have many, how could he have descendants as many as the stars in the sky and the sand and, and the seashore without even a child, right? It was a promise from God, and then there was a period of time in between before the fulfillment of the promise. Now, we looked at how Abraham tried to make things happen in his flesh. He produced an Ishmael. Guess what? Abraham had to deal with that. It wasn't easy, right? He had to deal with it. God still blessed that situation as much as he could. God will still bless. Look, at when you do things in the flesh or when you make mistakes, you know, God is there, right? God will turn, like I said, your situations round for your good, right? If you can trust him. But sometimes we can set ourselves way back if we're producing things out of our flesh. We're in that period of time, God's given us a promise and then we get a week or two weeks or a month or two months or a year or two years later and we're like, oh, what's this happen? when's this gonna happen? Then we try to force things to happen and we get ourselves into trouble. We produce an Ishmael. We get, it's a product of our flesh. And then guess what, Abraham, you know, when God produces something, he looks after it. When we produce something, we have to look after it, right? When God, um, uh, when, uh, when God, uh, remember he went to God and he thought then this was how this was going to happen. It was going to be through Ishmael and God had said, no, 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 this isn't my plan. My plan is that, you know, Sarah is going to bear you a child, right? And his name is going to be Isaac. And that's what God's plan was, right? Abraham had to deal with his problem he had to say, like say goodbye to his son, right? And that was difficult, right? That was difficult for him. So we don't want to be producing things in our flesh, right? Um, I want us to look really quickly at some, I didn't get this done the last time here, at another example in the Word of God. And then I, um, I, as I sat down this week to kind of do this, uh, God just had me to go over some of the principles of faith again right, which I'm going to get to in a moment after I look at this. And these are important. We need to get these things settled and then remind ourselves of them on a continual basis. Why? Because the tests and the trials and the, and the temptations, they're going to come. They're going to keep coming, right? So we need to keep ourselves in a place where we can deal with them effectively, right? So another example here of a testing in the word was a, 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 like the last one was just like, you know, that time test that, you know, when, when, we're, when we're in the waiting period, right, we need to remain faithful. This is, um, this is another test here um, of staying faithful when it doesn't look like it's going to pay off. Have you ever been there? God's told you something and you're like, God, this doesn't look like it's going anywhere. I don't know if this is ever going to work. What? It doesn't look like it's going to pay off. But all you still have in your heart, all you have is that word from God saying to do this, whatever he instructed you to do, whatever you've seen in his word, whatever way he spoke to you and he's given you a promise or he's given you a word and he said, I want you to do that. I want you to do this. And, and it's like, you go, you start, and you're like, this doesn't, look, this doesn't look promising. This doesn't look, this looks like I'm going further away instead of getting closer, right? And I, I want to go here and an example of this. But we must remain faithful to God. We can't jump ship whenever things get difficult. We can't just jump ship whenever things get, our hearts must be sold out to him. You know when, they're, when they are? You know, when we've said, right, Jesus, I don't, look, at, I don't have anything else. I just want 
what you have for me. Like what I can gain in this life, it's, it's not going to matter to me anything. It's not going to matter anything in eternity. So what I do in this earth, I want to do for you. I'm sold out for you. I'm, I love you. I'm just, I've decided I'm going to live for you. You know when you get to that place, and I'm not just talking about it, saying it with your words. That's part of it. But believe it in, in your heart and making the decision that that's the way you're going to live. You're like, you know, it becomes easier to trust him. It becomes easier to trust him when you are committed to him right? When, and when you truly know him, you can truly trust him, right? When you truly know him, you can truly trust him. People know of God and then they wonder why they can't believe in what the word of God says. That's because they don't know him. They don't know Jesus. It's not a personal relationship, right? It needs to be personal. It needs to be intimate. And then you can truly, truly trust him. The example I want to look at here quickly is in the book of Daniel. You know, Daniel was a young man who trusted God and God promoted him right? God promoted Daniel, right? Uh, the people around Daniel, you know, uh, the first few chapters of Daniel, uh, great, great book. And it's, um, it, it tells about his story, you know, and they're in, they're in captivity. And uh, Daniel was getting promoted and then people that were starting to get jealous of Daniel, right? So they plotted against him. And this particular, um, it's, you know, we know these stories. We know this story really well. Daniel and the lion's den. You know, our, our kids could probably tell us so much about this too. But the people around Daniel became very jealous, but they plotted against him and they tried to find a way to destroy him. But you know what I loved about Daniel was his lack of concern about what other people said or did. You know, you can just see that through his story. He was just focused on, on one thing. He just, he didn't care. He was sold out. He just, I'm going to keep doing this. I don't care what you say. I'm going to keep doing it. You have to get to that place. You have to get to the place of you're going to remain faithful to God no matter what. Amen. No matter what. Because when those tests and trials come, if you're not, if you haven't decided that, then you're going to compromise somewhere. You're going to throw in the towel and you're going to give up right? But on, if, if you've committed, if, you're, uh, if, you're, if you said, no, this is the way I'm going and I'm not turning back, then you'll, when those tests and trials come, I'm telling you, you've got a strong anchor there. You've got a strong anchor. Um, turn with me to Daniel chapter 6. In Daniel chapter 6, let me just read a couple of verses here. In verse 3, it says, then this, then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find no charge or no fault because he was faithful. Nor was there any fault found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and the satraps and the counselors and the advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any God or any man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. I love how they feed into man's pride. <laughs> it's, always a, it's always a place of trouble. Yeah. 
Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. So this was this law now that nobody could pray, nobody could, could do anything to any other god or any other man except King Darius. And they did this because they knew rightly Daniel's lifestyle. They knew rightly who he was faithful to, right? So they tried to, um, look, people's going to try and trip you up. People's going to try, like, it, it, you know, the enemy will send people to try and rile you up right? And we need to make sure that we, we, we keep our eyes where they should be. These men were determined to get rid of Daniel. And I love this part here where it says, they found no fault in him concerning the kingdom because he was honorable and he was honest. He served God. You know, church, people should ought to find no fault in, in the things that you do. They should find no fault in even in how you carry yourself in your workplace, how you deal with people in your everyday life. They should find no fault. Why? Because you're an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Because you're, you ought to be honorable and honest and, and uh, be a person of integrity, right? That's going to be a witness to people. These men could find no fault in Daniel in his work concerning the kingdom, how he carried, how he dealt with his affairs every single day, how he did his job, how he, you know, he was already high up, right? And they couldn't find anything. They could find no fault, no error. Imagine people, like, if, could people say that about us? You know, and then we start whew, sweating and thinking, oh, have I been doing everything the way I should be, should be doing it? You know, and that's the, way we, we, that's the way we ought to be. We're ambassadors of Christ. We should be men and women of honesty. And when these men could find no fault in him concerning his work, then they went after his faithfulness towards God to try to get him there. They knew they'd get him there. They, convin they convinced King Darius to sign this decree with the intention of destroying Daniel. That's, what, that's all they were. They wanted to destroy Daniel. They wanted to get rid of him, right? Because he had an excellent spirit in him. They knew he was going to keep getting promoted. The king favored him and he was going to advance more than any of them. They wanted rid of him, right? I just love what it tells us then in verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, you know... <laughs> People can't say, oh, Daniel went and did that because, you know, it was in ignorance. No, Daniel knew that the writing was signed. Daniel was in the know, right? Daniel was, you know, he was a man that was pretty high up, like I said, right? He had a say, right? So he knew what was going on. He knew that this decree was signed. But what does it tell us here? He went home and in his upper room, he hid away closed all the doors and drew all the curtains. No. <laughs> in his upper room, which is at an elevated position, I'm assuming, right? That was easily viewed, you know, you, there was a good view, right? With his windows wide open. No curtains drawn. No, you know. <laughs> he wasn't hiding away. He wasn't doing it with all the lights off right? Are we hiding? Are we saying we're being faithful to God, but then we're hiding our faithfulness to him when we're around the world? If you're living your life like that, the test or trial is going to be difficult for you, right? Daniel, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, knelt down on his knees three times that day. 
He prayed and he gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. So that's, what does that say? Daniel was doing this every day. These men knew that. That's why they did this. They knew Daniel's going to be praying three times every day. He'll be thanking God. He'll be praising God. He'll be worshiping God. Why? Because Daniel served God. He was faithful. He had an excellent spirit in him. They were like, oh, that's where we're going to get him. We're going to make this decree that nobody can pray to any other God apart from King Darius. And we're going to get him. Daniel didn't hide away. He didn't hide away. He did it in full public view. He knew about the decree. He didn't care. He didn't hide. He prayed to God like he always did. He remained faithful to God, even when it looked like it would cost him his life. You know what the decree was? The decree was anybody that does that will be thrown into a den of lions. Anyone come into a close contact with a lion before? Taquana? maybe must hear about that after you know we don't on this side of the world anyway thankfully but imagine this imagine this imagine somebody coming up to you saying you can't go to church tomorrow you can't praise god you can't pray you can't do anything this den of lines over here is waiting for you and if i catch you you're going to be thrown into that imagine the government telling us that here right that's a, that's a test of faithfulness right there that's a test of faithfulness when your life is in jeopardy, his faith was in God. But see, Daniel's faith was in God to deliver him. God's his faith, just like in the previous chapter, we've Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their faith was in God to deliver them. Right? Is, God, is your faith in God to see you through? It has to be. It has to be. He knew God. He trusted him. He had proven God to be faithful. He was able to believe in God. You know, there's times, church, when it's going to look like there's no way out. There's times, and I, 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 when you're in them times of testing, when, and it's like, whew, it's like a way, a tidal wave. And it's like, where, how is there a way, how am I going to get out of this? I want to remind you this evening, God wants to remind you, he always provides a way of escape. There's always a way of escape. Oh, thank you for his goodness. He's a good God. He provides a way of escape. It may not be what you expect, like I said, but it's always there. For Daniel, what was the way of escape? To remain faithful to God in prayer. To do what God told him to do. To keep, do, keep keeping on, right? No matter what it looked like. If God's given you an instruction, if God's given you something and you're like, God, this, if I keep doing this, I'm going to get into trouble. Or, if I keep doing this, you know, I, I don't know, this isn't going to, like, how is this benefiting me? What, like, what am I doing here, Lord? And you're starting to question, and you're like, you go maybe, and you seek him out, and you're like, you don't get it. Okay, no, stop doing that. No, you get, you get it. Keep, no, keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep going that way. Keep going that direction. And when you're hearing that from God, when you know that that's from God, that he wants you to keep doing that, I encourage you, you need to remain faithful to him. Remain faithful, even though if it looks like there's no way out, even if it looks like there's no benefit in it to you, or what's going to happen, you need to keep trusting God. These men gathered against Daniel, they caught him praying to God, and they delivered him to King Darius. You know, King Darius, you know, he loved Daniel, right? And he favored him. So King Darius was greatly grieved. 
And he tried, the scripture tells us, he tried, to, he tried to deliver him. He tried to get Daniel out of it. But see, these men knew, they had their tracks covered. They said, no, if you write this decree, according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, this can't be altered. So when, when King Darius tried to say, no, 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 not Daniel. No, 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 no. Keep Daniel away from there. No, they were like, no, but the decree says this. You can't go back on it. And it says he was grieved. He was grieved. He went back to his palace, couldn't sleep all night, as the scripture says. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, and those people who set him up probably rejoiced, thinking, he's gone, we got him. We got him. We got rid of him. You know, we have the road to success now. We can get ahead of Daniel now. He's gone. We've dealt with him. Let's see what happened. Daniel chapter 6, verse 19. It says, Then the king arose very early in the morning, and he went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve, continually. Not when things are going well, continually. Being able to deliver you from the lions. Then Daniel said to the king, which is a good sign, Daniel was still talking. O king, live forever. My God sent his angels and he shut the lions' mouths so that they have not hurt me because I found innocent before him. I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. There you go again. Daniel was honorable. He was honest. Not only did he, he was he honorable and honest and a man full of integrity in his work and concern in his work, but even towards God, he remained faithful. You have to be faithful, church. We have to stay in the place of faithfulness towards God. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and he commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den. No injury whatever, whatsoever was found on him because he believed in his God. Why was Daniel saved? Because he believed. Why was, why was Daniel delivered from the land? Because he believed in his God. The test was fierce. Lions are fierce, <laughs> right? The test was fierce. The test was coming to destroy him. The test was coming to kill him, right? But in the face of the test, he believed God. He believed God. That's how he was delivered. If you believe in God, church, let me tell you, there'll be no injury or harm done to you. If you believe in God, you, he will not allow your, you to be injured or harmed. It may look like everything's going against you, but remain faithful to God and don't compromise. <clears throat> Don't compromise. Keep doing what he's asked you to do. He will literally, literally shut the lion's mouths for you. Literally. So if you ever do encounter a lion, walk in your authority. <laughs> Amen. He gave us dominion here. Amen. Are you walking in it? Keep doing what he's asked you to do. He will literally shut the mouths of lions to protect you. Daniel was taken up out of the lion's den and the men who had set him up were thrown in and they were devoured before they even hit the bottom. Those lions were hungry. They were devoured before they even hit the bottom. Daniel, verse 28. Here we go again. This is the, when you trust God, when you remain faithful to God, there's promotion. There's advancement, there's blessing. Verse 28, so this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. 
promotion again, advancement again. Why? Because he trusted God. Because he trusted God. God doesn't send these things, church, but he can make good out of them if you trust him, if you believe in him, if you have faith, right? We have to remain faithful. You know, we'll always have opportunities to get into doubt and unbelief, but we must reject those opportunities and continue to walk in the light of God's word. As long as we're seen by faith what God has promised us in his word, we will continue to overcome each test and trial. Turn to me really quickly to 1 John chapter 5. Just about that overcome. As long as we're looking at Jesus, as long as we're seen by faith, what are you looking at? What are you seeing? Remember, we covered these things. It's vital. You have to be looking to his word and he will, you will continue to overcome. 1 John 5 says this in verse 4. For whatever is born of God, that's me. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. It overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. What? Faith. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. God tells us that the victory, that, uh, God tells us that the faith that he's placed on the inside of us, it's an overcoming faith. Right? It's not a, oh, it, I'm telling you, it's not a faith that, you know, is unstable or that you can't depend on. No, it's an overcoming faith. Right? And that's what, I'm telling you, that's where the victory is. The victory that has overcome the world is faith. And remember, it's his faith, it's not yours, but he's given it to you. Amen? Everything that belongs to him is now belongs to us because of our salvation. God has given us his faith, and if we walk in it, we'll always pass the test. You know, faith's critical to the Christian life. You know, you cannot please God without it. Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 6, you cannot please God without faith. Faith is critical to the Christian life. If you're born again, you know, you understand faith to some degree because you wouldn't be born again if you didn't, right? So if you're born again, you understand faith to some degree. But many Christians, right, many of us at times, especially when we're going through these tests and trials, we find it difficult to operate in faith on a daily basis. We know the principles of faith, many of us, especially if you're in the word, you know the principles of faith and um, you, like I said, you knew how to operate in faith in order to become born again. But it's a struggle sometimes to operate in that faith on a daily basis. Ephesians 2 verse 8 tells us that by grace, you've been saved through faith, right? So you can't, you can't be born again without faith. That's why we needed even his faith in order to accept it. Because how can our human faith accept something that we can't see physically, right? So we needed God's faith. It stirred up, stirred up on the inside of us to reach out and grab, grab our salvation, to, to take it, receive it. So when difficult tests and trials come, they fail, people fail to see beyond the natural realm and then they become stuck. I've been in that place where I felt stuck. Because why? I'm looking at the natural realm. I'm looking at the problem. I'm looking at the situation. And I, I, you feel stuck. You, don't, you, don't, you feel like that's that place of, how am I ever going to get through this? The simplest way I can describe it to you is this, church. Faith is taking what the Word of God says and trusting it. Faith is taking what the Word of God says and trusting it in its simplest form. 
you need to be able to trust what God's word says. And I'm telling you, you will, you will have opportunities. You will have circumstances that is going completely against what, is, what God's word says. It goes against what the promises of God are revealing to you. And in the natural, these things are like, how could I tr trust God? How could I trust God in the midst of all this? Right? And that's where we need to get into that place where we're not looking, we're not seeing what is in front of us. We're seeing what he's promised in his word. That's why you need to renew your mind. You need to be drawn from the spirit. You need to be surrounded by the things of God. You cannot operate in faith if you're just coming to visit here and there whenever you have free time to get a bit of a, of a refuel and then you're back out again being bombarded with all of the junk of the day and then you feel down and you know, it's difficult, it's, it's impossible. It's impossible. You need to surround yourself with the things of God. Sometimes you need to say bye-bye to certain things that are, you know, trying to negate your faith, trying to get you out of faith, right? You need to, sometimes tough decisions need to be made. You need to surround yourself with things that are going to encourage your faith, Amen. right? Um, faith is it's taking God's word, like I said, trusting it. It's believing in the promises that God's word contains. It's not been moved by what you can see because you already know in whom you believe. Faith has not been moved by what you can see because you already know in whom you believe. But see, if you don't know whom you believe, then you're going to just be focused on what you can see. You need to know whom you believe. You need to know, no, no. Abraham knew in whom he believed. And that's why he was able to stand the test of time because he knew in whom he believed. Abraham trusted God. That was the bottom line. And that's why he's seen the fulfillment of his promise, because he trusted God. God doesn't love Abraham more than he loves you. It's not different for them than it's different for us. It's not different for the Old Testament patriarchs. It's not different for the, for the Church of Acts. It's not different for all these people. No, God is not a respecter of persons. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. He is the Lord God. He doesn't change. What was true of them is true of us, except, and even better, we've got a different covenant based on better promises, right? Because of Jesus. A lot of these people were looking forward, forward, waiting on the promise, waiting on Jesus. But because of Jesus, we have that reconciliation back to the Father, and we have all of these things that belong to us, right? So, Faith's not been moved by what you can see because you already know in whom you believe. Now, some of these things have been stirring in my heart here this past couple of days, a week or so. And I, I shared some of this on Sunday. Um, not even in my message. I think it was for tithing offering or something. But faith, right? Faith's not a leap in the dark. Right? Faith's not a leap in the dark. You know, we need to make sure we're not misrepresenting faith. Some people in... <laughs> some people you know, in Christian circles, they're misrepresenting faith because, you know, they're in full-blown denial, right? And, you know, I understand, you know, to an extent where they're coming from, like they're speaking God's word, but, you know, there's different realities. There's a spiritual reality and then there's a physical reality. And, you know, things can be true in both. You can have a truth in a physical reality as in a sickness in your body, you know, uh, 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 you know uh, uh, something, uh, something oppressive coming against you. You can have something, you know, you know, even something coming against you financially, whatever. You know, uh, your family, your children, you can have, that's true. Like, the, 
you know, that's a fact in the physical reality, but you see, there's also a spiritual reality and what God says about you, and that's what you need to elevate over your natural. You need to elevate it, and you need to believe that more than what your physical is telling you, what the physical realm, right? What you find, faith is your evidence. Hebrews chapter 11, you know, these verses, we read them, we know them so often, and sometimes we don't, because of that, we don't, we just read them. We're like, yeah, yeah, I know faith. Yeah, faith, faith is the substance of things. Hope for the evidence of things not seen. And you know, uh, and we don't take time to meditate on them. And dr- you know, I'm telling you, there's this. These verses just opened up to me last week, and I've often even taught from these all the time, right? And I, so, I encourage you to keep, keep, keep renewing your mind with the Word of God. I mean, it just God will re- continue to reveal things to you. What you find in the Word of God becomes your evidence. What you find in the word becomes your evidence. Faith is a substance. It's not a airy-fairy, you know, punch in the dark, hoping you get lucky. You know, faith is a substance. It's real. It may not be, you know, present. It may not be, you know, manifested in this natural reality. But I'm telling you, it's real in this spirit realm. It's real, right? It's real. You know, there's a spirit realm as in, you know, um, you know, the Bible talks about different heavens and, you know, uh, you know, there's a spirit realm out there and then there's a truth of a spirit realm in, uh, of a spirit in here. You're born again spirit. So there's truths that are, you know, applicable to you, right? From what God's placed in your spirit. There's truths, right? You need to know who you are in Christ and who you are on the inside, the real you. The substance that is in his word is much more trustworthy and reliable than anything else. That's another thing. You see, facts are subject to change. Oh, but you don't know what that fact is. No, I'm telling you, facts are subject to change. I don't care what it is. Facts is subject to change. If you put it under the authority of God's word, God's power will always supersede. The power of God will always supersede anything that's going on in the natural realm. Right? If, but what, what gets God's power? Your faith. Your faith is what draws God's power out. Right? People say this, yes, I understand faith. It's believing in something that doesn't exist yet. That's not true. I know faith, yeah, faith is something that doesn't exist yet. But I believe, no, 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 faith, I'm telling you, you need to know that what you're believing for exists. It has to exist. It exists in the spirit realm. It exists in this, in the realm of the spirit. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things that are not seen, not the evidence of things that don't exist. The evidence of things that are not seen. You may not see it yet, but you will. If you keep believing, if you keep trusting God, you will. This isn't what Hebrews 11 teaches us. Oh, you know, that these things doesn't exist. Faith is believing in line with God's word. And it has to be in line with God's word. It's not just believing in, in something. You know, you, you figure out something that you want and, you, you know, it's not in line with God's word. I'm in faith. No, it has to be in line with God's word. It has to be a promise to you as a son, as a daughter, as a child of God. You find a promise in the word of God and then you attach your faith to it. And then that's what you believe God for. It has to be in line with God's word. So faith is believing in line with the word of God for that which already exists in an unseen realm. It already exists. Right? You can't confidently expect a victorious outcome in the midst of adversity until you know the victory already exists. 
Did you see Jesus conquering hell and death? Did you see Jesus on the cross? Did you see these things? No, you didn't. But you know by faith. That's why he was saying to Thomas, you know, you, know, you, you believe now because you can see, but blessed are those who believe and cannot see. Why? Because that's faith. We know, we know, we know. You just know the born again experience. Romans 8 tells us we, we know we're sons of God because the Spirit bears witness with our spirit. So you just know. How do you know? It's by faith. It's not, I, you can't describe it in the physical, so to speak, but you just know. Everything is by faith. Faith is critical in the Christian walk. The life of a Christ follower is a life of faith. It's a faith walk. We walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. So our faith, our walk in this life is not a walk, oh, I'm just going to go by everything that I can see and everything that my five senses are, are communicating to me. That's carnal. When you're carnal, it's because you're dominated by what your five senses are telling you. Faith is believing in what the Word of God says. You know, the promises of God are real. They're much more real than what you can see or physically see or feel. But in order for faith to operate, you must know that those promises are real. You must know the Word of God has to be the final authority. We pass each test or trial as we operate in God's faith because there are realities in the spirit realm that we can't see or contact with our physical senses. All right? So we're gonna, how do we contact them? How do we contact the truths, the realities, the victory that's in the spirit realm? If we can't contact it physically, how do we contact it? By faith. By faith. That's how we draw it out. That's how we draw it out. So we continue to pass every test, every temptation, every trial, every parasmos, everything that is sent to break us, make us fail, get us off track. We continue to pass each and every one of these things when we draw from God's faith. Because that's genuine. That's genuine. These realities in the spirit, that's where the victory is. They are what God says about us and what he says about our situation, right? They'll go against what human nature is telling you. Human nature will tell you the one thing. Human nature will tell you, oh, but that's not true. Sure, look at you. You're falling apart. Look, you can't walk. You can't walk a mile without being in pain. You know, you can't do it, you can't do it, but this is what I'm saying to you. That may be a truth in the physical, but I'm telling you, it's not your only truth. It's not your only truth. Faith is believing what is true in the spirit realm more than what, what's in the physical realm, right? So if you're facing a temptation of sickness in your body, that's a parasmos, because sickness has not come from God. It's not coming to teach you something. It's not coming to, oh, God, give me this so I could reach more people. God, give me this so I could, you know, you know uh, so my testimony could travel all around the world. And, you know, even if I die in the midst of this, you know, I, it's going to continue to live on. No, that's not from God. That's not from God. That's not his will, right? Sickness is not his will, right? He doesn't need to use those things to be glorified. He's glorified in health and strength. Right? He's glorified in, in, in us living for him and, and, and walking in everything that he's provided for us. That's how he's glorified. Right? So if you're facing a temptation, though, that's coming against you, this parasmos, in order to overcome that temptation and walk in victory, you're going to need to believe what's true in the spirit. You're going to need to believe the spiritual reality. Right? You say, what's true in your spirit? How long do you have? Right? 
2 Corinthians 5.17, if you're born again, you are made a new creation. You're a new creature, creature in Christ, right? Romans chapter 8 tells us that we have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwelling on the inside of us. Why? Because we have Holy Spirit, right? We have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. You see, and, but see, the problem is, you, I, you like, I can't believe that because my physical body is so weak or my physical body is this and my physical body is that. That's because you're looking at the physical. That's your problem. That's your problem. You don't, you're not believing in what is true in the spiritual realm. The Bible says it, so you have it. Or are you saying the Bible's not true? And then you're in bigger trouble. The Bible's true. The Bible's 100% truth. The Bible says that you have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwelling on the inside of you. It makes alive. It quickens your mortal body. So your mortal body may be saying one thing. Yes, that's true. That's a fact. It may be saying one thing that's contrary to, to God's word. But the faith of God is the bridge that can get that power of God from the spirit into the natural realm and that's what quickens your mortal body. But you have to believe. You have to believe it. 1 Peter 2.24 We are the healed of God. Why? Because by his stripes we were healed. Not we're going to be healed when we have enough. No, we were healed. You're healed. You're healed. Guess what? If you die sick, you're still healed. Because the word of God says you're healed. The truth in the spirit says you're healed. But if you want to manifest it in the physical, you're going to have to believe. And there can't be any doubt. There can't be 99.9% .9 faith and 0.1%. Uh, no, there has to be, you have to believe. You have to believe God. Right? Your passing the test depends on whether you believe him or not. When a test comes to cause you to fail, it comes in the realm of the flesh. It comes in the realm that's dominated by your physical senses. So if you keep yourself in the flesh, you're going to get whipped. People get stuck because they don't differentiate or separate the two realities, physical and spiritual. They don't differentiate the two and then all they see is the physical. All they think is what's happening and what's true is in the physical and they let it just overwhelm them. God's faith is not denying facts. All right? The fact may be that you're facing a difficult test or trial. I face many myself. The fact is there that it's true. I'm, I, nobody's denying that. The enemy's coming against you to see if he can exploit weaknesses and get you into fear and doubt. That may be true, but that's not the only truth. <laughs> A greater truth is what exists for the believer in the spirit realm. You access that truth and draw it out when you believe what the word says above what your situation says. Church, it's that simple. That's, it's not complicated. We complicate things. Why? Because we don't believe. We say we do, but we don't. And we have to get to the place where we believe completely. The power of God, like I said, will always supersede what's true in the natural your situation, the test and trial that you're facing is subject to change. And it changes. It turns around for your good by the power of God. By the power of God. When you believe it. Faith's not ignoring the prosmos. It's not burying your head in the sand and denying what's going on in the natural realm. 
I ain't denying anything. People tell me all the time, oh, you're just in denial. No, I ain't denying anything. I ain't denying anything. I know what the physical's saying, but I, that's not where I'm focused. I'm focused on what the Word says. That's my truth. That's the truth. <laughs> it's not even, it's the truth. There's no such thing as my truth. It's his truth. And that's it. Full stop. And that's where, that's where you need to be. I'm not burying my head in the sand. I'm not denying what's going on in the natural. I'm going beyond the natural and I'm recognizing that there's spiritual truth. People misrepresent faith when they walk in denial to what's happening in the physical realm. Don't walk in denial. Walk in the truth of God's word. People, you know, somebody's walking down, they've got this big, you know, abscess or growth on their leg and people say, oh, is that, what, what are you, no, there's no growth in my leg. You know, I'm, I'm by his stripes, I'm healed. I don't see any growth. No, you're not denying the physical. You're not denying the physical. That's why people say, oh, you know, you faith people are wacko. No, you're not denying the physical, but you're just elevating what God says about you over that. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, I know that, yeah, that may be true, but I'm, by his stripes, I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. I'm not, I'm not focused, I'm not dependent on my healing, I'm not, you know, my healing, my, knowing that I'm healed isn't dependent on as long as I see that. No, no, I know I'm healed because it says here I'm healed. So I'm healed. And then you keep walking, you keep standing, you keep faithful to God, you keep pressing on. That's where you're drawing the power of God out continually and manifesting your, in, this, in your situation. When I declare the truth of God's word over my situation, the parasmos, you need to declare your word over the trial, the temptation, everything that's coming out you. I'm drawing from my spiritual reality and from the power of and the power of God is released into my situation. I choose to see what is coming against me in the natural, right? This is important, right? Because you'll hear us, you hear me, I'll use this terminology frequently. If a temptation or a trial or something, a parasmos, if some, something disgusting from the pit of hell tries to come against you. You know, what, I'll say, well, that's a lie. Don't accept that, that's a lie. And you might say, well, well what, how are you saying it's a lie um, if, if you're not, like I thought you said you weren't denying the truth. But this is what it is. I choose to see what's coming against me in the natural, which is from Satan, that's the parasmos, as a lie. And how can I say that? It's because it's trying to exalt itself above a greater truth. It's trying to exalt itself against the truth of God's word. What God says is 100% truth to me. It needs to be 100% truth to you, right? We're all on a journey. We're all on a journey of trying to, you know, get stronger in our faith, right? But I've got to the place now where I, I'm like, Lord, I, I want to take everything that you take. Say to me, and what's in your word is 100% truth. So when something tries to come against me that exalts itself above that, that's the lie. God's word is truth. I choose to see it as a lie. I'm not denying the existence of what's trying to come against me. That's the difference. I'm not denying the existence of it. I'm just elevating the truth of God's word above it. Because that's the greater truth. And I'm elevating that above the lie. The Bible says the devil's the father of lies. He's the father of lies. He's a liar. He's a liar. 
So when he's coming with these parasmas, when he's coming with these trials, he's testing, he's a liar. Elevate the truth of God's word above it. The key is when you're declaring the word, you need to believe it. There can't be any doubt. Doubt will hinder the outcome. I'm not confessing something that doesn't exist. I'm confessing what does exist in the spirit and I'm drawing it out by faith. I'm confessing what does exist. It exists in the spirit realm and I'm drawing it out by faith. I'm not, I'm not confessing something, oh, you know, hope this happens or maybe, well, maybe it won't. No, faith is a confident expectation. It's a confident expectation. Confident is an important word there. You have to be confident. When you're confident about something, you know it's going to happen. Right? You need to be confident. And don't cast your confidence away. It's like this. We need to get the things that are in the physical realm to reflect what is true in the spiritual realm. Right? We do that by faith. Faith is the bridge between the two realities. Right? I'll wind down with this. God said some things about us. He said some things about us. We need to know what they are. God says some things about what we have and what belongs to us. We need to know what they are. We find them in his word. Right? He's told us what's placed on the inside of us. Faith is believing in that. Faith is believing in that. End of. The truth is we get stuck at times because we're trusting more in somebody or something and which is only dependent on or looking at the facts and the natural more than God himself, who, we, who, who can see all things. He can see what's true in the spirit. He can see what you have on the inside. He can tr- see all of these things, and we're trusting in somebody or something more than that. And, you know, when you put that to people, they don't want to admit it. You know, and it's a difficult thing to admit, but, you know, well, you know, you're, not, you're just not trusting God. You don't, you don't, you're not believing God. And they're like, well, I do believe God, but they're not elevating the truth of God's word above their situation, and that's a problem. They're still giving too much weight and putting too much, there's still too much of a magnitude. They're still, they're still looking at the physical as greater than what the word of God says. Yeah, that might work for, yeah, I'm, I know that's true. That may have worked for such and such down the street. That may work for you or that may be, you may be able to get that out because you're, you know, you're a pastor or whatever. No, you have to know that it's true for you and you have to believe it, right? People don't want to admit it. We don't want to admit that we're not trusting God completely, but that's the truth. If we're accepting things that are as our only reality and allowing ourselves to become discouraged, it's because we we're not trusting God enough. You know, discouragement comes, church. I'm not being critical because I get discouraged at times. Discouragement comes, but we don't stay there, right? We don't stay there. Why? We pick ourselves up. We renew ourselves with the word, renew our minds with the word of God. We, we start drawing from the fruit of the spirit. We start speaking the word over our situation. And then, you know, he comes and lifts us. He encourages us. He, you know, he just wraps us up and, you know, spurs us to keep going, Right? But we need to learn to trust God more. We need to get closer to him. We need to get more intimate. We need to get into the word more so we can trust him more and so we can get past these tests and trials and not let them defeat us. It will always pass the death. He wants to use what is coming against us to promote us and to advance us. He wants to turn the parasmos into, the, into, a, uh, into a dokimion. The parasmos into a dokimion. So what was meant to break us will be what promotes us will be what advances us and will be what blesses us. He wants to do that, church. We're going to need to cooperate with him. We have to cooperate with him. How is that? Believing in him. 
trust in him. But taking his word as truth and acting accordingly. You see, faith is not just hearing something, it's doing. There has to be an action. So then we act on our faith. Amen. And we'll always pass the test. Praise God. Are you blessed? Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for your presence here with us this evening. We thank you for speaking to our hearts, Lord. We thank you that because of you, Jesus, we can come boldly before the throne of grace to receive mercy and grace in our time of need. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us and are continuing to do in us and through us. We love you. We thank you, Father, for ministering to us, Lord. And know that the cry of our hearts, Lord, let it be to bless you and to honor you. We're not here to get something for you, from you, Lord. We're here to give something to you. We, we, we're here to present ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto you, which is our reasonable service, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the light of your word. It, it illuminates our path, shows us the way. We thank you, Father, for the word that was spoken, Lord, directly from your spirit here this evening. Lord, I pray, Lord, that it will produce much fruit in the lives of the ears that are listening here tonight, Lord, and those that are listening to podcasts and maybe later on, Lord, that everybody that hears your spoken word, Lord, that you, by your Holy Spirit, can minister directly into their hearts by that rhema word and completely change their lives. I thank you, Father, for the seed of your word. It's incorruptible. It stands the test of time, Lord. Help us get that planted in our cultivated hearts, which we've prepared beforehand, free of all forms of offense and, and, Lord, bitterness and all of the things, Lord, that are creating weeds and, and tears and all of these things in our hearts that's choking the word. Lord, help us deal with them and get rid of them. Help us keep looking to you, Jesus, in everything that we do. Thank you for your, your mercies that are new to, towards us every single morning, your grace, Lord, that is always abounding towards us. We love you very, very much. Help us, Lord, Continue this week, Lord, as we, set it, as we set out to do it, Lord, by faith, walking in love towards one another, sharing the good news of the gospel to ever who, who will hear it. Help us, Lord, sow seeds into the lives of people who are lost, who need the hope of the gospel. Help us be ambassadors for you in everything we do. Help us walk in love and faith towards you, Lord. I pray for your protection over us, Lord, that you give your angels charge over us, keeping us safe in all of our ways. We thank you, Father, for our robust immune systems. Yes, Lord, robust immune system, Lord, that, that is uh, full of your life. We thank you, Father, Lord, that no sickness, no disease will prosper against us. We are the healed of God. So we don't care if it's winter time and these things are expected, Lord. We will not be sick because we are the healed of God and we believe your word. So we thank you, Father, for the healing and the health of our bodies. We thank you, Father, that we will be an example of the goodness of God to the people around us. We'll be walking in your life, in that abundant life that you came to give us. We thank you for the givers, Lord, for an opportunity to give tonight, to sow into your kingdom, to give back onto you, Lord. And we know we'll receive a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Will even man give back onto us, Lord? We thank you for the opportunity to sow seeds into your kingdom, Lord, which will reap an eternal reward. So I ask you, Lord, that you bless the tithers and the givers of this house, Lord, and bless the labor of their hands, Lord. We thank you. We praise you for it. We thank you, Lord, that here at Island Church in closing, we're covered by your blood. We're empowered by your word and we're anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. 
We are located right in the centre of the town and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie